Welcome to the Bell Ringers Teaching Podcast. In this episode, we're going to revisit roadmaps with Young. How are you doing, Young? Feeling excited about roadmaps. Ooh, okay. So you've been working on roadmaps. Last mm-hmm. last time we talked about roadmaps, kind of how you can um, set up, you know, your students to kind of independently move through their learning activities with you, the teacher, making sure that you're actively moving around, checking in with students, maybe pulling small groups. Um, so really helping that that teacher move to the guide on the side role and students really, you know, taking ownership you know, so you, you told me you did a few roadmaps, used a few roadmaps in class. So how are you feeling about roadmaps? I think overall, I, I'm feeling good about roadmaps. Um, I don't know if we'll get into this, but I gave a end of the unit, end of the, the month survey. And I asked the students how they like doing the roadmaps and overwhelmingly all of them said they really enjoyed it for various reasons. So it's definitely something that I'm looking to do again and refine and make it work um, for, you know, like a lot more of my teaching. So you enjoyed it, but it sounds like kind of more importantly to you, the students really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. What are your hunches about what caused students to really enjoy it? I think the the ability to learn on their own, on each student's pace. Um, and the, the types of things I included in the roadmap were like videos, those are quizzes, um, short readings. And so there was like a, a bit of variety in like the content that they were learning and how they were learning the content. And so I think that gave students more, um, I don't know, just interest, excitement, because it's not something that they've ever done before, where I kind of just say, hey, like, it's up to you to finish this by Thursday. Um, And you can check in with me before you move on to the next steps, but um, move your little icon whenever you finished. And and the students just kind of took it and ran with it. And that was really exciting to see. Um, we, we, you know, we have students who didn't bring headphones. So they just asked, like, hey, can we go out into the hall and like watch this video? Because I didn't bring my headphones. And they were actively like taking ownership of like, I want to get to this next step. So like, is there a way that I can watch this video um, without my headphones? And so, uh, you know, little things like that. Um, was good to see. So you really noticed students taking ownership in what they were doing. Mm-hmm. How does what what actually happened in your classroom with roadmaps mm-hmm. compare to how you planned or envisioned it happening? I guess there's a difference between how I envisioned it versus how I planned it. It went exactly how I planned it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is to say that I don't, I didn't plan enough of meaningful teacher check-in or teacher engaging with students. Um, I think that's just because it was my first time 
and I couldn't really like see um, how to naturally insert myself into their roadmap. I, I did have teacher check-ins, but just like the informal, like, oh, they finished a, a video. They're not at the teacher check-in, but I do want to just have a chat with them. But I, I, I didn't really have a um, like set questions in mind and whether I was going to be assessing students about like what they watched in that video. It wasn't, you know, I, I, I know that back when you taught me, you had a clipboard with some mysterious papers or something like that. And you're walking around the room and you're checking off something. And I didn't have that. And I think I still, I don't think I, I know what I would be looking for in those little check-ins because they're not necessarily, I guess, the learning targets in that like one step. I'm, I'm looking more overall as when they finish the roadmap, then have they learned this. But those little check-ins, I haven't really like nailed down my role, my, I guess my prompt, my script of how I could be interacting and helping students. You're still a little unsure of what your role looks like in in this. Yes, and how I could make the best use of my time, my skill set, and just my ability to help students. Like, am I just technical support? <laughs> am I just yeah? I I also did a lot of technical support as well, but that, I think that's just the sixth grade level and clicking on links and things like that. But hey, you're helping them become more <laughs> independent, right? Still right. on that technical sports. Good. I guess what knowing that knowing that that was something that you struggled with or wondered about what learnings from mm -hmm. using these roadmaps do you want to take with you in future situations? I think one of the things that I learned is I need to find a good balance between like a one day roadmap and like a week long roadmap. So I had like even like a 30 minute roadmap type of thing. It was like more of a procedural. Um, we did a nacho paragraph, but with the spelling words. And the way that I set it up was kind of complicated where I had like a Google, Google doc that they're actually submitting on Google Classroom, but then they also write their paragraph with their spelling words onto a Google form. And then they go to a Google Sheets to find someone else's spreadsheet because I haven't thought of a way to like randomly assign um, paragraphs. And so you have the Google um, Doc, Forms, and Sheets. And those was like, my Google Classroom is so disorganized that students were having trouble finding them. So I just made like a four-step uh, roadmap that worked well, especially when I got rid of all my other links on Google Classroom. And it's just that one roadmap that has everything that they need. So I really stripped everything down and made sure that they couldn't fail, that they couldn't get lost and say like, okay, you're on step one. So now you got to, you must cl click this link to continue. So that helped out. And on the other end of the scale, I had uh, pretty much like an entire week long thing. Um, this was actually in like week two. So they have already done a couple roadmaps. And so going into Monday, I say, okay, this is your roadmap for this week. And by the end of Friday, you should have all of this done. Now, what I did do was I kind of put like a barrier in between so that one student couldn't just finish the entire roadmap 
on Monday and just have nothing to do for the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, like you can stop here because starting tomorrow, we're going to begin with this video. So it was kind of like, um, yes, you need to finish this by Friday, but I expect you to get to a certain step by the end of today so that we could begin with um, something that will lead into our class tomorrow. You're mindful of pacing for mm -hmm. your students and how to hit the appropriate pacing and length for sixth graders. Mm -hmm. How might you apply your new learning as you, so as you go to think about January and having perhaps a new roadmap, what are you going to take with you as you plan that out? I think my roadmaps will be a little bit different in that there will be more steps of smaller um, pieces um, because some of my roadmaps were just only like four or five steps, but they were like pretty lengthy. Mm -hmm. And one thing I noticed was, I don't know if it's just the age level, but uh, I think I need like more quicker, more engaging things that will like help them move on to the next step. Oh, also midway through, I got rid of the icons where they're moving their, um, their pictures or their tokens, I guess, because they were like, making them way too big or they couldn't actually like click the link because they were clicking on their icons and it was just a mess. So I, I just said, okay, no, you should know what step you were just on. Um, <laughs> and so I don't know, maybe I, maybe I'll do something at the end where, okay, if you finish the roadmap, you get to like design something like a certificate for yourself and make it a sticker and put it somewhere. I don't know. Um, just something for them to, feel like that game aspect where you're moving your pieces along the board um, without interfering with the actual, the, the process. You want to work on, you know, breaking everything down into smaller pieces so that students can really feel that um, sense of achievement a little bit faster and hopefully mm -hmm. stay even more engaged in the process. I also... I say that, but I also understand that just seeing a whole bunch of like squares to go through is kind of intimidating. And I actually um, heard that from a couple of students when I gave the, the week-long roadmap. They said, Mr. Kim, you're torturing us. Why are you giving us so much work? <laughs> it was kind of joking, but you know, like I knew that this was an appropriate amount of work. It's like for the entire week. So don't be scared. Don't Don't feel like... You have to do this all in one day, but I understand when students first look at the that week-long roadmap, they see all of these things that they need to do. They're thinking, how am I going to get through this? So maybe each step is smaller in that, like when they click on a link, it, it's like a three-part link where it uh, leads to like a different Google Doc that says like, what step one, two, and three. But students are smart and I'm sure they'll catch on to it and think like, oh, just because there's only four steps doesn't mean that we're not in for a 20-step roadmap. So you're thinking that for some students, it was a little overwhelming um, seeing all those steps there. Mm -hmm. I think it was just the initial shock value. So I think with this roadmap, um, somehow like being clear 
but not super specific so that they're not too overwhelmed by the number of steps that they have to do. Okay. If so that makes sense. And perhaps that's part going back to what you were saying before about um, what's your role in this. Perhaps some of that is, you know, having those one-on-one conversations and helping kind of manage for a student that is feeling overwhelmed, um, helping them manage, okay, well, what is the next step? Or are there some steps we can remove if they're really not um, needed or if they're overwhelming you or you know, so maybe that's part of your role. As you reflect on this conversation as a whole, how has it supported your learning about using roadmaps in the classroom? I think I've learned to be more flexible than I already am and just like learning how to make the most of all the tools and the resources that I have. I think about our initial conversation about roadmaps and how um, we talked about we we like the self-paced nature of these roadmaps but we also want space for collaboration mm-hmm. and i with that in mind on one of the roadmaps i designed where the first step after the the fast and curious to quizzes was a cyber sandwich and so the first step was okay you gotta click this link and it'll take you to the cyber sandwich and there you go. Like there's your collaboration. You're working with a partner, I guess an outline of the, the content you're going to be learning. Then you are on your own and then you can discover this new thing by yourself on your own pace. And, and I think that worked pretty well. In my survey, I asked, did you like Cyber Sandwich, Roadmaps, or just like paper copies of the interactive notebook? And no one said paper copies. Um, <laughs> there was a couple of Cyber Sandwiches, um, because they like the collaboration. Yeah, um, a couple of students said they really liked roadmaps because they had many different things, um, more chances to learn about the subject in a fair amount of time. You get to go at your own pace and there aren't people bothering you. So yeah, oh, you are motivated to learn when they are fun to do or like games like the roadmap. Awesome. I, I hope it I hope it lasts. <laughs> I hope they don't get sick of it, right? Good. I mean, that's a good problem to have. I hope they don't get sick of this thing that they're mm-hmm. really enjoying. Like, that's a great problem to have. You know, obviously you can always mix things up. And mm-hmm. I think that goal to keep collaboration in there, you know, mm-hmm. is is good because that's motivating for students. You know, they can't just live on their little own roadmap island. I think I also want to mention how I want to also include more SEL check-ins, either at the beginning or the end, or maybe even in the middle of these roadmaps, just so that I'm making that an intentional part of my teaching day where I'm checking with my students. I'm going to ask about that kind of outside of the, the formal coaching conversation here. What did a class period look like was generally... Um, it depended on the day. I think when I first introduced the roadmap, not like the very first introduction, but when I've introduced like this new roadmap that they're doing, it was a bit more like, okay, like let's let's just do like a solid introduction to like what I'm expecting from these roadmaps, what I want volume level to be like. But that would always come before, or sorry, that would come after just like the initial greetings and just like settling down and i think the past two weeks we did just like a 
on a scale of one to nine with like different trees, Christmas trees, like what kind of a tree are you or what kind of a buddy the elf are you feeling right now? So we did that a couple of times, but I think like most like middle of the weekdays was just like a, all right, like here's your chance to get started on your roadmaps. And so like those middle days were more, more like a study, study hall environment where they're just like working on their roadmaps. So some of the things um, I've heard, you know, more so when listening to like the modern classrooms project, which kind of, you know, isn't exactly the roadmap, but it has a lot of the roadmap qualities. And anyway, we won't get into all that. We talked about it a bit last, last episode. Definitely there's teachers that, you know, will, will begin their class period with goal setting. Hey, where am I right now? And what do I hope to accomplish this class period? And so that's kind of like an SEL or, you know, how am I feeling about where I'm at? Am I feeling overwhelmed? Do I need help, you know, for Mr. Kim today, because I'm, I'm just not, you know, sure that I can do this or I'm confused about something. Right. So, so having that check-in and kind of goal setting right away in the beginning of class. And then so maybe every other day you do that. And then on the other days, a lot of teachers will start off with just kind of like, you know, a question of the day, right? So just, you know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be related to the content, you know, it can be more of just like getting conversation going, kind of building that community so that you can build up you know, a sense of collaboration, because maybe they do go off and they just work on their own for the rest of the class period on something. Um, But at least they kind of had that point of connection at the beginning of class. And then, you know, vice versa. And these are the kind of moving pieces you can mix, mix up, like at the end, you know, have a reflection, how, how were, how, you know, how focused were you? Did you accomplish the goals? you know, do you think you need to check in with Mr. Kim or do you need help or, you know, so kind of having that reflection piece at the end or even having that conversation or connection piece at the end. So those are just some ideas I think that, that also help inform you about, okay, where do I need to go first? And then, you know, again, your role kind of becomes like, all right, if they're confused about the content, you know, you do have this expertise, you can help them with that or students that are feeling that are they feeling overwhelmed? Okay. You can go kind of assist there. Um, so I think it helps give you some information too. And those are just really critical and important steps for students. Well, good. And then it sounds like, did you do a mix of subjects or was it all ELA? I know you mentioned some, some ELA kinds of things. It was mostly social studies and science. Oh, yep. <laughs> where was I coming? Okay, so, so social studies and science mm-hmm. and a little ELA? The ELA was just for that spelling, nacho. Okay. I that guess time. it was more of a, like procedures, just like streamline those procedures for the nacho paragraph. I've got to talk a little tech with you. Okay. All right. You mentioned Google Classroom, but certainly you're talking about, you know, videos and, you know, I'm not sure exactly what else. So what, what? What kinds of tech tools did you did you incorporate here? Actually, I was super excited to talk about this on the podcast, but I forgot. So this wasn't in the roadmap, but I started using Pear Deck, or I I did it once. Okay. Um, <laughs> because I I after like a week and a half of doing the roadmaps, where you know I just felt like kind of useless. I was walking around 
no one needed me <laughs> it was it was all just like redirection like hey like stop talking to this other student just um you gotta work on your roadmap and so I was just wandering around and I wanted to do some things with the student and so uh, one of the lessons I, I got to use Paradeck and just have them um like respond to me and I and I loved seeing like their writings um about the prompt, we, were, we started doing Buddhism. And so I, I asked them what, what they thought about happiness and how to achieve happiness. Um, and so it was fun to see their responses pretty much like right away and like hearing from students that I that normally wouldn't raise their hand. So that was really good. And I would definitely be doing more of that in future roadmaps. But on the roadmaps that I did, it was mostly just um, the Google Suites projects, just Google Slides um youtube videos trying to think like google forms all right so let's yeah so let's let's talk about the videos okay Mm -hmm. so so they would just watch the videos on youtube or did you put them in edpuzzle or did you have some kind of note take guided note taking Mm. sheet yeah no they were just a youtube video are you familiar with edpuzzle no (gasps) do tell oh my gosh (laughs) So happy we're having this conversation. All right. Well, so Edpuzzle is wonderful. And, and they are, they really do have a great free platform, I'd say, mm-hmm. or well, they, they limit your space on the free plan, but you can get up to 20 video lessons and then you can delete some to make new room for new anyway. So Edpuzzle, you can, first of all, you can grab from a library of videos, including YouTube and all the places you would ever want videos. So you can search for a video, like, so let's say it's a crash course video and you can search for it and they, it's probably already there in Edpuzzle and you can even use the teacher ones that exist. So what it does, it plays the video, but then it stops it and it asks them a question and, and you can like come in up the with, middle of the video or like yep, at the end. Yep. Okay. It, in the middle. Right. So okay. it'll, if they've, you know, just talked about X, topic that it'll pause it and it might, it'll ask them a question about it, which they need to answer. And so it just helps them, you know, and because sometimes you can just play video and you're not really listening or Mm -hmm. so it just pauses and kind of checks for that understanding. And again, you know, going back to what you were thinking about, well, no one needs my help. I think what you'll find along the way is like, a lot of times they don't know if they do need help, right? Mm, They're just going mm -hmm. along, but maybe, you know, so you want to be collecting those data points and, you know, trying to pry your way in there in some ways, but also like with a Paradox or with an Edpuzzle, um, you know, without having to do much work because Edpuzzle will tell you right away, like, oh, wow, they got, they watched that video and they only got like one answer cracked out of 10, or, you know, I don't know that it would be that drastic, but you know, that would clue you in to having a conversation with the student about like, hmm, you know, did you need help? Maybe did you, were you paying attention? Maybe you should go back and watch that again. Um, that's Edpuzzle for you. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you, do you get to like choose when the video stops and ask your own questions. Yeah. Oh, you totally can. You totally can. But, um, it's also a lot of teachers like it because they can just 
grab one that the teacher has already made and already mm-hmm. inserted questions in, and then you can just make a copy of that. Gotcha. And then you can, you can adjust it from there, but you already have a starting point, but yeah, mm-hmm. you're, you're welcome to start from scratch and just stop, you know, exactly where you want it and ask questions. But a lot of, um, you know, time press teachers like to just take the, the lesson library that is already there. That sort of thinking is how I've been, how I've been making it through the school year. So <laughs> I, I love just copying from already made things and just changing my name. <laughs> well, welcome to Ed Puzzle. You're going to love it there. It's great. Yeah, it's perfect for these, you know, because I, I think, um, you know, students and, and adults, adult students, young students, all of us, you know, we're, we're used to watching a video just to entertain us and not necessarily mm-hmm. to learn anything from it. And so I think sixth graders, especially right. Might, might watch it. Yeah. Mr. Kim, I watched it. Mm-hmm. What do you want from me? Right. Um, but not necessarily even know if they gathered any information from right. it. Oh, that's really cool. I'm excited. Yes. I love it. I love it. We've gone into, you know, Roadmap. I think the other thing you mentioned students that, you know, finished so much right away, but you can maybe infuse and you can color code the roadmap to have like some may do's or aspire to do's, right? So if they, um, you know, it's not necessarily something that all kids need to do. Um, so really, you know, you've got to be sure somewhat of, you know, what are your goals? What are the absolute must do's, you know, that that's the baseline, but then maybe there's some other steps in there that for students that are moving more quickly or really engaged in the topic can choose, oh, I'm, I'm going to go do this ed puzzle, right? Maybe it's not necessary for everybody, um, but for some it can be. I will say, though, I just remembered in my science roadmap, we're doing minerals. And so once they got, you know, near to the end of the roadmap, there was a fork in the road and they could either watch fun videos about opals and opal mining or fluorescent rocks and minerals. So that was a little thing. And if they finish early, then they can watch both. So I love I'm doing it. Well, good. I'm glad, you know, and I I hope that. Um, I guess thinking workload wise, right. Cause I mm-hmm. do feel like in my, my chats with teachers or, or things that teachers might object to like, oh, this is, this is too much work up front. Did you feel that way? I mean, yeah, it, it is a lot of work up front, but I think I've been kind of used to that from like edge protocols and everything. Um, and the way that I do my planning. It makes sense to me. I, I like to plan on the weekends when I'm not tired, which <laughs> I don't know if that's the best use of my time when I'm not tired, but that's how it goes right now. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a lot um, nicer to me just because I can do all of my work for the, the, the week or the couple of days and not really have to like, think about tomorrow or the next classes and just like be present during that class period with the students. Oh, I, I wouldn't say that this is like perfect for every teacher just because like the different planning styles or whatnot, but yeah, like a manageable amount of front-loaded work. Yeah. That, well, for me, it pays off. 
Right. And, you know, again, going back to the feedback you got from your students to hear, you know, for now, at least how engaged they were and how much they like it. I feel like that kind of says, oh, that makes it worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess the other wondering teachers might have, um, which I think we spoke to a little bit, but let's talk to it more directly is, you know, well, can kids, you know, I don't think my kids can really handle that. They can't really be self-directed. They're not ready for that. Or, you know, so what would you say, what was your experience with that? I think most kids, most meaning like 90% of the kids can, they're fine. They're, they're perfectly capable of doing this all on their own pace, especially with like the, the check-ins in between. And especially if we're doing the ad puzzles, then a lot more like those meaningful um, teacher check-ins and places to rest maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I th- as far as like classroom management during these roadmaps, it, I think it was just a matter of like, okay, it's been like 40 minutes into the class period and everyone has been silent. So I think it's time for some flavor in this classroom mm-hmm. and students will just turn and say like, hey, like, I'm writing this. I, I think some students just, you know, like they want to be in community. They want to be collaborating and just wanting to share what they're learning or what they're writing or like, oh, this like reminds me of this off topic um, video that I watched like a couple of weeks ago and they want to share. So it, it was mostly things like that where they're engaging with what they're learning, but maybe not in like the most productive way. But I, I don't know if I'd even say that would be unproductive. It's just not exactly what's happening right now in the class period because we're doing the roadmaps. So I think there's, I wish there was a way that I could encourage that by having everyone all on the same page of like, okay, this is when we're going to have this chatting time in between um, our steps. But since it's self-paced, not everyone's going to be on the same step. So um, maybe that's something to think about in the future. Yeah. You know, in the modern classrooms project, they talk a lot about having like public facing progress trackers. Mm-hmm. So perhaps, you know, you talked about those icons getting in the way, but what if you had like on a piece of butcher paper, um, you know, just a, a rough outline of that roadmap. And they had like physical avatars to move on there. And that way they would know very easily with that track. Some one teacher even called it like, oh, it's the grouper. It's the grouper mm. chart or whatever. So like they can very easily see, oh, this person is in the same place that I am. So I can, if I have a question or if I want to like sit by that person, potentially, depending on how you're feeling about that. Or, you know, if they, if they need that conversation and connection about what they're working on, they, they can look and know exactly who mm-hmm. they can go to, or they can look to see who, if they have a question already done it. And maybe they're like, Oh, well, I can talk to my friend Scott about this because he already did it. You know, he might be ahead, but I, he, you know, he, so he also has time perhaps to talk to me about, right about this. So, um, I, I like, you know, I was always a little hesitant about that public tracker, but I like it when, you know, you can emphasize it's more of a grouper, you know, how can we 
collaborate more and see who you can reach out to, to talk about where you're at. Yeah. I like that. All right. Well, that's great. Well, we'll keep exploring, but, you know, certainly take a well-deserved break. Mm-hmm. Um, you too. Thank you. Thank you. And, <laughs> and we'll see, we'll see how you continue on with this. Um, I will say, you know, if you're out there listening, uh, edge protocols is having edge protocols worldwide. Number three on February five. Yes. February 5th. Um, and it's absolutely free. So check out edge protocols on Twitter. You'll see their information and hopefully it's not full by now, but it's a free event. It's on a Saturday. You don't need a sub. You do have to, you know, use your Saturday, but it's a, it's, it's a great opportunity to learn more about edge protocols from teachers that are using them. So be sure to sign up and I'm sure we'll be back before then to talk about what's going on in the new year. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and please follow us on Twitter at bell ringers show.